Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
able to take the um, supplement anymore, he actually moved up. So he's fighting at 168 right now. So um, there's a lot of boxing going on today, a lot of things for us to talk about, and it's going to be a fun one. I'm ready to talk boxing, but. Yeah, see, we talk about just his birthday. He you know, went out and balled a little bit today on his birthday. He got his fights going. Uh, he, I know the food going to be ready. So you can see our, our man is ready to go. He's going to go. He's, he's getting on it. You know, if you listen to uh, our previous podcast, we talked a little bit about fight that just happened uh, that was uh, uh, got, had a real big, big uh, buildup uh, in the middleweight division. Uh, we had Julian uh, J-Rock Williams um, uh, against Jarrett Swift. Heard it was Jared Heard's opportunity to fight in his own backyard in the DMZ uh, uh, in, in terms of uh, being able to do something for the home crowd. And for those of you who may not know, uh, he got upset and beat. I don't know if you call it upset because uh, J-Rock is a, is a top middleweight fighter um, uh, with, uh, yeah, and I think was uh, prepared to bring the noise. Uh, but Jared Heard had been really walking through folks um, I, I had that fight um, uh, scored 117-110 uh, uh, for J-Rock. I mean, he pretty much controlled the distance, the energy. Uh, I mean, I just – Jared Hurd did not really make any adjustments. It looked like he was like, – like he was having an out-of-body experience uh, uh, in there uh, in, 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 in my mind. But you watched the fight. What was your – what were your thought about it? And, I mean, what does this mean for J-Rock as well moving forward? J-Rock, he um... – Put on, he put on a a performance that will that will really change the mind of a lot of um, fans and the boxing media and the way that they um, treat fighters that have losses on their resume that may have stepped up in competition and people are trying to throw them away and they're like, oh, they lost the trust in us, but maybe they're not as good as the rest of the fighters. But he came back, he got a couple fights in, he fought on. Um, he fought some other fighters that um he reworked his way back up and he fought J he fought um Jared Swift Hurt and he took the fight to him from the very beginning of the fight because um if you look at Jared Hurt and his style he um likes to push people around the ring he's very big for the division for 154 he walks around in in the 190s and cuts about about 40 pounds every every um camp to get down, just to get down. So he's a naturally big guy. So he, like, uses his weight and leans on people. But what J-Rock did from from round one, he was in his chest, and he didn't allow his, his, him to um, move his momentum forward. So he was stopping his momentum, and he was fighting on the inside. And one thing um, that J-Rock said after the fight, he said, I'm from Philly. I'm from the city of Joe Frazier. I'm from the city of Matthew Saad Muhammad. I'm from the city of all these guys. And, um, he fought. He fought like he put on a performance that was very reminiscent of one of his favorite fighters, one of his idols, um, of Bernard Hopkins. You saw. You see him throw up the X all the time before he goes into the ring, and he looked very reminiscent of um, Bernard Hopkins with his inside game, his IQ, and the way he was just making adjustments and the way he followed the game plan to perfection. And that's the one thing he brought with with um, the corner of J Rock, not J Rock, but the corner of Jared Hurd is. They didn't make too many adjustments. I think he. No. It's, it's, it might be too soon to say he needs a new a new trainer, but it it looked like they didn't have anything for him. They didn't they didn't have a plan B. Like um, he's a strong plan A fighter, and we've seen fights in the past where the plan A was not working, and he was just persistent and keep going, keep moving forward. 
and eventually wear down fighters and break them down so we can stop them in the end. But it didn't happen this time because really she didn't have the juice at the end to do it because um, J-Rock hurt him early. And when you get hurt, that drains all your energy because you have to um, fight to survive. So that's a lot of things. That's um, really what I took away from the fight. And it it really I, – I always had respect for J-Rock, but it um, – really gave me a little more respect, and high, uh, like a heightened sense of respect for J-Rock and his, um, and his team. Yeah, you know, I think, I mean, it's, that's an incredible analysis that you did there. I mean, and, and, and really trying to, um, you know, I, I think one of what surprised me, I think surprised so many of us, um, but he gave you a clue to this if you listen to the pre-fight stuff in terms of some adjustments he made in his camp, was his willingness to really be up in his chest, like you said, Bernard Hopkins style, and not only be there, but be the stronger person in there. Like, no one expected him to be the bully in the ring. Even if he was going to go in there, you thought there was going to be some pushing back and forth. But he pretty much uh, made Hurd, he did, he did the Hurd what Hurd usually does to other folks. He, he, let, he made him go where he wanted him to go. And, that, I, and I think sometimes it's like when you, when you face the bully on the block like that and they don't have any answers, you know, they just they 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 go down, just flailing, and, and it just it starts to pile on you. And like you said, you're right. I mean, no adjustments in the corner. You know, not using the jab. You know, he's got a great jab. Not really using the jab as a way to deter. None of that was happening. J Rock was always making adjustments, but he was not going. If he delivered a hard blow, he's going to make him pay with two or three. Um, that was that was incredible. And he was doing a side, so great handspring. And part of that was you remember he he got he got. You know, and also, I mean, people don't understand, and I think you pointed this out about, you know, folks talking about people coming back. You know, when you come up in the boxing game, you know, uh, and you sometimes see this a lot more in MMA, the infrastructure around you isn't as developed until you make some kind of money. And so some of the differences sometimes in fighters is their ability to have nutrition, to have personal trainers to work on strength and conditioning. Uh, When we talk about Deontay Wilder, I mean, he – he put a gym in. You know, when you start making money, you can put some things in that allow for you to build. But the personal trainer piece, you know, where he started out by going out to the Bay Area to start working on some of that person, you know, it's, it's fitness and in ways that allow for him to have strength and recuperate. Not that all fighters have access to that sometimes until they have money or they're in a gym where those resources exist. You know, not everybody has those kind of things that might exist in Mayweather's camp or in some of these other camps where that's built in as part of their resources because these cats are making money. And so, you know, even in the loss that he had, the purse allowed him and allowed him some other things to get positioned in ways that allowed him to have a camp that was a little bit different and adding in a personal trainer and adding in some of these other things that would allow for him to sustain at the level. Like you said, usually people fall on hurt. Like they start to decline at the round and he starts to get stronger. J-Rock wasn't giving up at all. Like his strength, and a lot of that goes back to the power of having that personal trainer and training and having the strength and training for being able to be stronger in those late rounds to then elevate the skills that he already had and kind of keep that sustaining through those late rounds or championship rounds. So, you know, I think your analysis was right on, and I was just so impressed um, with him. You know, and now, you know, you're all on Twitter everything because, you know, he, he's the boss, right? He, he's a traffic cop now. Yep. You got to come to him now. And, you know, the other part about it is cats like J-Rock always got to chase. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of energy when you're trying to chase and get into opportunities. You get to you get to go operate a little bit different when you don't have to chase and allows for you to kind of set the, the table 
in ways, you know, where you got to go to, you know, her's backyard to fight. You got to go to everybody's backyard. You got to you got to give them a lot of terms, a lot of terms. And I think like his idol, Bernard Hopkins, once Bernard got control, Bernard started to dictate how it was going to happen. And then that made him even stronger. And he was able to position himself to be able to always be in the best he could be in every fight. I think he has the opportunity to kind of do the same. I'm excited about where that division is going to go, but you had great analysis on that, man. Yeah, but um, one thing I wanted to say was um, to look at a lot of the fight, a lot of the fights where um, Jared Hurd struggled in the past. Um, yeah. Erica's guys are boxing from the outside. Um, Tony was boxing from the outside. Um, Austin Trout was out boxing on the outside. Erica yeah. Laura was out boxing on the outside and exchanging. But um, when he's when you're moving around like that, that can also burn energy and. Work right. you out. So I think that was a very, very smart idea for them to just go to the inside. He was catching a lot of shots, finding the openings, which there are a lot of openings in Jared Hurd's game. But I think it was an excellent game plan by um, the coach. I, I keep forgetting his name. Um, the um, Jared Hurd. Oh, not Jared, but um, J-Rock's coach. But um, one thing I wanted to say was, I know you're not going to like this, but this should be a warning to all these people trying to marinate fights. I hate, and you know, this is a common thing that I've been saying, but I hate this this um, phenomenon of we're going to wait until he's fired as a pastor time, and uh, we're going to wait years and years to see a fight that we always, that we all want to see. And um, tomorrow's not promised. Nothing's not promised, especially not in a sport like boxing. Anybody could get got at any moment. Anybody could lose. Um, there are fighters that are favored in fights, but we've also we've seen upsets happen. We never know. Um, Sean Porter might end up having the perfect game plan to beat Earl Smith. We never know. Um, uh, Travis Crawford might fight somebody that will beat him, and then the big fight is, is gone. So um, we need to um, get fights when they're when they're hot. We need to um, fight when the fight is big and where the buzz is big because. Um, Jared Hurd and Charlo was a big fight that we were looking for last year. It was going to be one of the biggest fights in boxing. But now both of them have losses. Both of them don't have championships. So it's going to be a long road back to even get to that fight. And even if they get to that fight, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, J-Rock's trainer is uh, uh, Stephen Edwards. And I thought he did a really excellent job in the corner. Um, you know, Stephen, talking to Stephen each Brown. Brown. Huh? Is that his name? Steve Bradman? Is that his name? Bradman? Edward. Edward. Yeah. Edward. Uh, he okay. Did, he, he did it. Yeah, he did an excellent job of like communicating and having that. And I mean, so you, my point to your point is, <clears throat> both all those fighters I think are uh, have hit that main highway where those fights can be done. I, I think a lot of the, uh, of, you know, kind of um, developing a plan for getting people to a certain level isn't about fighters like that who I think have arrived. Now it's about finding the best fight. And some of those issues have to do with which side of the street you own and which group you with that might delay it. So I, I think that's the problem with boxing altogether is that um, the, the, the current confederation system does not, lie, uh, 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 does not allow for fights to get made in ways very easily like you can do with MMA. And so these timely fights like this where people are really entering their prime, those fights need to be made. It's about 
you know, if you've only been fighting a couple of years, yeah, you're knocking people out. But to get in with a Charlo or Jared Hurd, you better be ready, youngin. And if you're not ready, those are the ones you talk about, you know, do you need another year to get ready to be at that level? Because it's about sustaining at that level. The other thing, it's about self-scouting. Now, that's not a Charlo issue. I think that fight is an interesting, different kind of fight. But Jared Hurd's problem is part of boxing and being a great boxer, I think Floyd Mayweather is probably was the best of this, is self-scouting, adjusting to things that are weaknesses and making them strengths. And, and you also have to be able to do that. And I don't think Hurd did any kind of self-scouting. Like, everything you said was evident in all those other fights, which means where was the correction, right, in between those fights? Where you knew, okay, we I need to we need to we need to um, uh, not swing as wide. We need to start having much more sharper, you know, uh, punches going straight down the pipe. That's gonna that's gonna even add to our power. We need to maybe go to the body a little bit more. We need to like that self scouting in Hurst camp. I oh, he was going to the body. He, he, but, when but, he was but going but to he the wasn't. body. Jared Hurst's problem is he just. But, oh, yeah, Jared Hurst's problem is he just don't have no defense, and you're not going to turn into the Pernell Whitaker and no one catch. Yeah, but, that's something you got to work but, on. But by, this, but, but, but by this point, you should, it, because great boxers, back to what I'm saying, is it's not just defense. He don't have head movement, right? And, 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 and head movement is not just defensively. Head movement sets up angles offensively, right? And so, like, that's something uh-huh. you should be working on in your camp. And, and, and it's also um, uh, about – um, he, he, the sharpness and the angles of his punches. He does a yeah, he goes the body, but think about the angles of his punches. They're more looping. They're not sharp, but he's so much stronger than people, right? He still has the power on him, right? But they ain't technically but sound you know, punching him, right? But you know what's crazy though? If you if you look if you look back at Jerhard's older fights, like I watched him fight um, Molina, and I watched him fight mm-hmm. fight on Showbox as well. He he used to uh, he used to move his head. He used to um. Slip yeah. out of the Philly cell, and he just doesn't do it anymore. He just he just um tries to walk through people because he believes he can, and it's just not. And it, he ran to somebody where it won't. It just didn't work again. It didn't work against so, him. So are you thinking he has to get are back to the way not, he used to fight? Are you thinking he's not listening, or you think the whole camp just got kind of got uh, caught up in that? I'm gonna walk you down like I'm like I'm Mr. T type move. You think they he, just got he, all he, caught he, up in that? Black, you think he's the black margarito? <laughs> Man, it, and, and and so I want to continue your 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 theme though. He's got a loss, so we can't just count him out, right? But but part of what you part of coming back, which J Rock did, was you got to self scout and correct, right? So you you said okay, he's got to have head movement. He's got to work on his defense, right? Because that's the crazy thing about, um, and I think this is what Deontay Wilder as we start to get in. To, uh, you know, uh, conversation about Deontay is what people fail to realize. Some of these guys who got great power, the more technical you are, the more you start to think a little bit like Floyd. And this is what I, I you know, I think uh, Manuel Stewart was great at convincing these guys that the more you start to get, te- the more like you set up the power shot. <laughs> the more you um, uh, can be just uh, methodical and kind of just crush people when you start to have some of these pieces put together. And so Jared Hurd has the foundation, has the heart, but, he's going to, you know, some of the technical things you said are some of the things he's going to have to bring back as he tries to work himself, you know, back into, uh, uh, you know, to contention um, in, in the same way that, you know, 
uh, you know, Charles trying to get himself back back on uh, back on the scene. So, you know, we don't want to count him out just like, you know, we didn't want to count J-Rock out. But he, obviously he's going to have to make some adjustments that J-Rock did. Um, and J-Rock did some self-scouting and corrected those things and came back and took advantage of his opportunity. Right. Yeah, but um, with 154, there's no fighters that don't have any losses. All of them got losses. Yeah. And so and, 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 and there's a yeah. lot of great fighters. I mean, we all get caught up with the Floyd thing. There's a, some of our best fighters of all time, from Ali, everybody, everybody got lost for something. You know, it still don't keep you from being great. So, you know, it's nice to be undefeated, but people could, could argue being undefeated might have been you, you, you avoided and you kind of stopped for timing and, you know, you didn't fight people when they were hot. So, you know, a lot of people could break down even if you're an undefeated fighter. So, yeah, everybody's got losses. You know, it's, it's about how you start stringing, stringing together those wins. And I think that's the part that, uh, you know, folks are going to have to uh, uh, put, uh, put together. But, hey, what we say is, that, you know, uh, the title of this show is Wilder is serious about his life, about this life. He let, if, you, if you have not been paying attention to Deontay Wilder and the things he's been saying, he's talking about he want a body on his record. He can legally do it. The things he wants to do to dominate Brazil in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn tonight. You better get there. You better get your pop one way because these are two big guys who going to – I don't know if they get out of the fifth round. I don't know if they get out of the fourth round. They're going to be shooting with bad intentions tonight. But Deontay is definitely about his life. He's trying to let people know he's serious. He's here to be, as he said, generational. He, is, he should be the Brox bomber. You know, he got all the sands. He's taking over the press conference. Uh, they, they, you know, these guys, I don't know how they – now, how did how did they family how, – how were they in the same hotel in Alabama fighting? How did they even end up in the same hotel? I don't know. They, 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 got, they had all In Alabama? Yeah. Oh, how did man. they end up in that hotel? What was that about? Why were they in the hotel? I forgot who fought. Uh, it, was, it was at a fight a couple years ago. But I think, oh, um, so they might have been a fight down in Alabama? I think – Oh, yeah, oh Deontay was, was probably fighting at home down there. Deontay was probably fighting in Alabama, huh? He might have been or – Brazil was fighting in Alabama. Oh, Brazil was fighting in Alabama. I don't know. I don't know. He had one or two fights in Alabama. I think he had one or two fights in Alabama. Maybe yeah. he, he was he was he was trying to, you know, uh, 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 troll him or stalk him a little bit. So they, obviously these guys don't like. No, him. no. Yeah. So yeah. talk to me about this. You've been watching this. You've been watching this. What's going on? Let people who do not know know what's going on. Well, they got bad blood. They, uh, it was in the hotel. We we told the story on the show uh, a few times. They're in a hotel, and um, I guess Brazil was in Alabama talking stuff about Wilder, and Wilder's brother was there. His younger brother, they fight the cruiserweight. He was there, and I guess um, what Wilder says is um, Brazil sucker punched um, his little brother, and Wilder and um, the little brother came back and knocked him out. So, um, and at, at, at some point in time, Brazil was trying to, um, Brazil was trying to sue Wilder. So they were having a beef for a couple of years now. And, um, they are, they're going to get the chance to fight now with Brazil being the mandatory. And, um, they say gentlemen, um, uh, boxing is a gentleman's sport. And 
if you go back to the original boxing, before before they boxed, um, they used to take 10 paces and, and shoot. So I guess um, you put the gun <laughs> down and you put the gloves on. And this is what this fight is going to be. And Wilder says he, he's going to kill him. He said um he's gonna try, he said he wants a body on his record and he's been he's been, he's been getting a lot of backlash mm-hmm. a whole lot of backlash from the media and fan not most not most fans but he's from some fans that are, are saying like um oh you shouldn't say this death is a serious thing but if you go back and if you go you have to go back too far in boxing to um get this kind of rhetoric we we've had um Mike Tyson when he fought um. Razor, Razor Ruddick the second time, he said, if I don't kill him, it don't count. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You had that's Mike right. Tyson telling Lennox Lewis, Mike, Mike Tyson told Lennox Lewis that he wanted to eat his kid. He was going to um, kill him. For, uh, he, said a lot of, he said a lot of things. He said um, you had um, famously Sugar Ray Robinson. He had a dream. He had a dream uh, a couple days before the fight that he was going to kill his opponent. So he went to a priest, and the priest was like, no, nah, it was just a dream. You can go on with the fight. And the dream turned into a premonition. I guess Sugar Ray was the charm one, was one of the charm ones. And he uh, ended up killing Jimmy Doyle that night in the ring with a left hook. So these are things that have happened, things that have happened before. But um, it's all in the game, I guess. But I don't it's think he's going it, it, to – it's not going to get to that because the ref is going to – the ref is going to be there to protect them, you know. He's not going to let them take too much. So, so, overwhelmingly, I mean, most people are, are picking Wilder. You and I talked about Wilder. But does Virgil, like Virgil Hunter has said a lot, does Virgil Hunter provide any kind of opportunity for, for Brazil and, and providing him with some strategy that could? You know, one thing we do know about Wilder is, you know, when we, we saw in the Fury fight, uh, which Brazil can do, that he, he struggles with these guys who box him and who move, who get out the way. You know, he's not as patient because he's searching for the knockout. He said he's, tra- he's corrected those things, things that we said her didn't do, and he's saying he's try- those things he tried to adjust and, and box himself. You know, he's got a great jab, Wilder does. You know, he's got great punching, com- you know, a set of uh, tools that he punches with. Is whether or not he, he's going to put them together or he's going to go for the one punch right hand. Uh, but does Virgil Hunter provide Brazil with anything? Or would, If you Virgil Hunter you work with Virgil, what are you trying to get Brazil to do? He also has power. Well, if I'm Virgil Hunter, I try to work on his defense, make sure he moves his head off the center line, make sure he keeps keeps moving, and uh, keep his, um, try to get him on the inside. You're 30 pounds heavier than this guy. You're, um, you have a, a distinct size advantage, so I would try to stay on the inside, stay away from the straight punches because straight punches and wilder are going to be the most dangerous ones. So try to keep stay on the inside, and he tries to break um, – they just click and hold on, make them break, and they go to the inside and try to keep the fight on the inside. Move your head. When you're on the outside, move your head. Um, throw the jab. And um, just be ready and be alert at all times. But um, and, but when we see um, Brazil fight in the past, he has a lot of power. He's a strong guy. But um, he, he does not have defense at all. He gets hit a lot. He gets hit, he, he gets hit more than... Seeing um, Deontay Wilder fight against Tyson Fury and then seeing Deontay Wilder fight against Dominic Brazil is going to be night and day. 
the, the kind of punches that Tyson Fury was able to avoid is not going to be the case for Dominic Brazil. So I have this fight ending very soon. And um, I'll be surprised if the fight gets out of the third round. But um, that's pretty much what I'm going to say because he, he can't, he doesn't really have a lot of defense. He can't, he doesn't have good defense. And you go to this guy like Wilder that's really fast, really athletic, guys a good jab. So, like, I think it's a, it's a very bad matchup for him. Well, at least Virgil will get a check. All right. <laughs> Virgil gets a lot of checks. He gets a lot of checks, so this is just one check. He, he, all he can say is, I did the best I can. You know, Virgil, I did the yeah, best Vir- I can. <laughs> yeah, Virgil, um, Virgil and Robert Garcia are two guys, two trainers that um, they take on a lot of um, projects of fighters that are like, um, they take on a lot of fighters that can kind of sully their reputation because they're like, oh, this is a great trainer taking on this guy. Maybe he can save him. And it never, it never really happens that way because, um, um, you know, like Virgil Hunter, he trained um, Amir Khan to fight um, Crawford, and even though he's a good trainer, it's not going to end up pretty, pretty well. You have Robert Garcia, he trained, he was training, um, uh, he was going to train Andrew Morris versus um, Shank, and he, he he had like a whole bunch of underdog players. So don't let that discur- don't let that um tell you that he's not a good trainer. He just takes on um fighters that. Don't necessarily have a very good chance to win it, but yeah, Virgil Hunter is still a good train. Well, hey, it's, 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 this is going to be a good one at the Barclays Center, y'all. You know, uh, uh, please take time out to check this fight out. You know, even if you're trying to watch the basketball game, you might be flipping or whatever might be going on. Catch this fight. You know, we hope we hope we ain't no catching no bodies on this fight. We hope it's just a it's a clean fight. A knockout happens. We get the count. We get to see, you know, people move on so we can get to these other big-time fights. But, you know, uh, if anything you can know, you need to follow myself uh, and uh, and Darnell. Hey, Darnell, where can they get you? Uh, how can they follow you on Twitter and other things so we can they can keep uh, connection with you uh, during the fight? Um, shoot. I, I actually made an RSG on Twitter account. Um, I'll try to get the Twitter handle of that real quick. But, um... Okay, you- you you can get me while he's getting that up. You can get me at uh, RSG D Wills uh, uh, there. Uh, you can come get me. I'm there. You can go to our real sports guys uh, Twitter. We're, we're always up there putting uh, scoring. Uh, you, you you might find us uh, going back and forth with uh, folks like Dougie Fisher and Teron Briggs and others who are in boxing uh, throughout the fight. Uh, we probably won't have many discussions with this fight tonight because it won't last that long either way. Uh, but we will be out there. Um, going back and forth with folks, putting our scores, scoring each round as we can go uh, as long as the fight lasts. So did you find that new Twitter handle, Birthday Boy? Oh, shoot. Where is this one at? Oh, yeah, RSG Darnell Kirkland, Mr. Temple. I don't know why I didn't. It's at Kirkland that... Darnell, my name's at. We're trying to get him on and on full go. But the one thing we do know is he knows his boxing it was great content, great having you. Hey, y'all, thank you for uh, being at, uh, uh, listening to a boxing moment with Darnell and Devon. Uh, until next time, uh, we wish you well and, and enjoy that time watching the battles in the ring. Good night. Mm-hmm. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.